Hi, this is Josh, and welcome to the Baseball Week, a weekly look around Major League Baseball. A lot happened this past week. We're now into September, into the heart of the pennant race. So let's jump right in with our player, pitcher, and team of the week. And our player of the week is someone we talked a lot about at the beginning of the year. Had an incredible start to the season, really doing historic things. Had some injury issues as the year has gone on, but he had a mammoth week on offense this past week, and that's Shohei Otani of the Anaheim Angels, the two-way player offense and pitching. He began the year brilliant at both, really doing things nobody's done since Babe Ruth in many cases. Otani has had injuries during the year. Excuse me, there has had injuries during the year, which have especially affected his pitching. But his hitting has still been quite solid. And this past week is kind of a case in point of this. He returned to the mound after not pitching for a while with an arm injury. And the pitching of his pitching appearance was short. And he was actually recommended uh, to have Tommy John surgery, which would put him out, unfortunately, for all of next season while he recovers. Otani has not yet decided if he's going to have Tommy John surgery, which is mostly a pitching injury, but he wouldn't be able to hit while recovering either, so he would miss all of next season hitting and pitching if he elects to have it. Otani did something very unusual this week, though. Most players, they are recommended for Tommy John surgery, and they're out. But he was recommended for Tommy John surgery, but he can still hit right now. And so this past week, he actually had an on-base plus slugging percentage of almost 2,000, hit four home runs, 10 RBI, batting average of 500 in just four games. So he had an incredible week of offense, especially considering that's got to be tough news to hear that he recommended for Tommy John ligament replacement surgery. To have that news come and still hit so impressively uh, says a lot about Otani, and he's had a great season. He's a Rookie of the Year candidate, despite not being able to pitch much at all this year because of injuries, unfortunately. But he's certainly our Player of the Week. Our Pitcher of the Week this week, not a household name, but a guy with a brilliant week, Jorge Lopez of the Kansas City Royals. Saturday night, in fact, he brought a perfect game into the ninth inning. Incredibly rare to take a perfect game so far into the game. Unfortunately for him, in that ninth inning in a game for the Royals against the Minnesota Twins, Lopez did give up a walk and then gave up a hit, and so ended up losing the perfect game and the no-hitter. He did get the win in the game, but Lopez four this week overall, 15 innings pitched, a 1.20 ERA, 2-0 record giving up only six hits and one walk in 15 innings for a utterly brilliant walks and hits per innings pitched whip of 0.47. So an outstanding dominant week for Jorge Lopez. Not a household name again, but if he keeps this up, he will be soon. Our team of the week was a relatively easy decision this week. The Houston Astros they are currently on a seven-game winning streak as of this recording early on Sunday afternoon. Seven-game winning streak for the Astros, did not lose this past week, including two straight wins over the powerful Boston Red Sox. The Astros and Yankees kind of battling out for the second-best record in baseball behind only those Red Sox, so to win two straight games against the Red Sox as part of such a dominant week definitely gets the Astros our team of the week as they look to position themselves as one of the World Series favorites again this season. For our stat of the week, we're going to return to... J.D. Martinez in the brilliant year he's having for the Boston Red Sox. Martinez, as we discussed earlier, has a chance at the Triple Crown, a very, very rare feat leading the major, leading the American League in home runs, RBI, and batting average. But he doesn't have a chance just for the Triple Crown in the American League, but he has a chance for the Major League Triple Crown 
um, which is incredibly rare in baseball history. That would be leading the, all of the majors in batting average, RBI, and home runs, which, again, has only been done a few times ever. In fact, that is our trivia question of the week. It's only been done five times ever since the American League began in 1901. So five players have done this. Trivia question has named those five players. I will tell you that Martinez is trying to become the first player since 1956 to accomplish the feat. So little hint in there that the last player to do it was in 1956. Again, only five players ever. I will say, too, that they are all baseball legends have done this incredible, incredible feat. And I know that some of these stats are not as revered as they used to be a stat, like RBI or batting average is not as revered as it used to be in this age of advanced stats and analytics. But you knock in more runs than anybody else. You get more hits in your plate appearances than anybody else. That still certainly means something. So J.D. Martinez trying to do something that has not been done in over half a century. And really, whenever you're trying to do something that hasn't been done in over half a century, it's worth paying attention to. So trivia question, who are those other five guys to do it? The answer will be revealed at the end of the episode. I should also mention that J.D. Martinez is second in baseball and batting average right now with a three thirty two average, nine points back of his teammate Mookie Betts, who is hitting three forty one. Martinez leads in RBI with 117 already. And he is second in home runs with 39 home runs, two homers back of Chris Davis of the Oakland Athletics. So Martinez, while he's not leading in all three right now, he is first or second in all three right now, and he has got a legitimate chance to do something that has not been done in over half a century. I want to take a look at another stat to the MLB war leaders, according to Baseball Reference. Top five, look at the top six in war, actually. There's a nice little delineation point here. Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics has a war of eight. Again, war is wins above replacement. How valuable you are compared to a replacement-level player, according to the formula used by Baseball Reference. There is another version of war used by a website called Fangraphs. You tend to use the Baseball Reference war here, but there's certainly you can make arguments for which one is more accurate, which one is a better uh, indication of the player's true value. It can get kind of complicated, so suffice it to say, anybody on this list is a great player, whether you're first or second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth or tenth or twentieth, you're a great player. There'll be some differences between the two wars, but for the sake of uh, simplicity and clarity, we're going to look at the top six here for baseball reference war, some of the best players in baseball. Number six is Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics with a war of eight, meaning he's worth eight wins to his team above a replacement-level player. And Matt Chapman is not really even a household name yet, but he is a brilliant fielder. He is a great hitter. His defensive war of 3.3 is remarkable, incredibly good. And his offensive war of 5 is certainly nothing to shrug at either. So Matt Chapman, the great underrated player for the Oakland A's. It seems the A's have so many great underrated players. Number 5 is Jacob deGrom, who leads all of baseball in earned run average. His ERA is well below 2. deGrom is an 8.1 war. Number four is Mike Trout, who remarkably is number four at 8.6, despite missing a decent amount of the season with an injury. He's missed the last handful of weeks with an injury, but he came back with a vengeance at uh, five for five with two home runs the other day. And Mike Trout, an 8.6 war, again, despite missing a decent amount of time this season, is amazing. Number three, Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals with an 8.7 war. He is having another great season. He has been 
the most dominant pitcher, or certainly one of the most dominant pitchers of the last half decade. And he just keeps on rolling along for the Nationals. There's actually a tie for first in war between Mookie Betts of the Boston Red Sox and Aaron Nola, the pitcher of the Philadelphia Phillies, at 9.4. Mookie Betts heard a lot from him this year. He is arguably the best player, him or J.D. Martinez, kind of the co-best players on what is record-wise the best team in baseball. Aaron Nola has gotten a lot more attention this year, deservedly so, is having a brilliant Cy Young candidate season for the Philadelphia Phillies as he emerges as one of the great young pitchers in baseball. Both Betts and Nola have a war of 9.4. So they're, again, they're worth 9.4 wins to their team uh, versus a replacement-level player, which is quite a lot when you think about it. So these are some of the best players in baseball this year. Interestingly, there's three National League pitchers in the top six. And if you extend this down to the top nine, there's a fourth pitcher, Kyle Freeland, who's having an amazing year for the Colorado Rockies, number nine in war. So there's actually four National League pitchers in the top nine in war. The first National League position player to appear on the list is Lorenzo Cain at number 12 with the six war. So interesting, some things war shows us. J.D. Martinez, by the way, because he does DH a lot, has a war of 5.8 because his defense, um, defensive war isn't is really... Not there so much. So war, again, is not just an offensive sad. It's offense and pitching and defense, the whole deal. So Aljani Martinez, an incredible season. Uh, war doesn't like him quite as much because of that defensive piece. But, again, those are some of the great players this year. And there's going to be some great MVP in Cy Young and Rookie of the Year races this year, to be sure. We also want to look at the playoff race, particularly the National League playoff race, because the American League has been relatively set for a while. The Red Sox have the best record. You've got the Astros and the Yankees battling out for the second-best record, but the Yankees look like they will be a wild card because they are seven-and-a-half back of the dominant Red Sox. Astros look like they've got the AL West. Indians look like they've got the AL Central. And the Orioles look like they've got... I'm sorry, the Athletics look like they've got the second wild card. The Oakland Athletics, I got my... It was mixed up there. They look like they have the second wild card. But um, we've got the Mariners and... Tampa Bay Rays both have very nice records. The Mariners are 14 games over 500. The Rays are 13 over. They would be right in the thick of the National League playoff race, but the top of the American League is so dominant that both of these teams are still a significant amount of games back of the Oakland A's for that second wildcard spot. The Mariners are 7.5 out. The Rays are 8 out. So both of these teams look like long shots for the postseason. Looks like those five dominant teams, Red Sox, Yankees, Indians, who have run away with an AL Central for quite a while, Astros and A's are going to have an, really could be an epic American League playoff um, season with any of those five teams being good enough to make the World Series, to be sure. National League is a different story. There's so many moving parts here, it can be tough to keep track of. The NL East hasn't had a lot of developments this week. The Phillies are three and a half games back of the Atlanta Braves. Neither team had a very good week. And the Nationals are seven and a half back of the Braves. None of those three teams had a very good week. So pretty similar in the NL East. The NL Central has had some changes with a really nice week from the Milwaukee Brewers, who are eight and two in their last ten games. Brewers are now just two and a half back of the Cubs, and two and a half up on the Cardinals for the first wild card spot, with the Cardinals in um, the second wild card spot right now. So the Brewers not only have shored up the wild card spot a little bit. But they really have a legitimate chance to catch the Cubs for the best record in the National League, which would get them out of that wild card game and get them right into the first full round of the postseason, which would be a big boon for them. 
Uh, National League West has had an interesting week because the Rockies and Dodgers have been playing each other, going back and forth. Currently, the Rockies have a game-and-a-half lead on the Dodgers in the division, and the Diamondbacks are in third place, two-and-a-half back of the Rockies. So if the playoffs started today, it would be Cubs with the best record. The other division winners uh, would be the Rockies as the two-seed, the Braves as the three-seed. The Braves just a half game back of the Rockies. And the wild cards would be the Brewers and Cardinals, who would play a one-game wild card playoff game, the winner of whom, the winner of which would play the Cubs, while the Braves would play the Rockies in the first round. It's almost definite that this will change based on how many teams are still in contention. The Phillies, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, in particular, any of those could still certainly get into the postseason. It's interesting to look at run differential, too, in the National League, and what that might tell us. Because if you look at run differential, the best teams are the Cubs, the Dodgers. Actually, the Dodgers have the best record. If run differential determined record, the Dodgers have the best record, followed by the Cubs, I should say. Braves have the third best run differential. The fourth best run differential belongs to the Diamondbacks, actually. So run differential can be quite different than the team's actual record. Again, we've talked about on this podcast before, is run differential a useful predictor, or is it just something that shows how, quote-unquote, clutch a team is. For example, the Rockies have a negative run differential, negative 8, but they have a one-and-a-half game lead on the Dodgers, who have a run differential of plus 129. Are the Dodgers a lot better and just really unlucky, or are the Rockies just good at pulling games out in the clutch and winning close games? Or is it a little bit of both? Honestly, I wish I had a better answer. I think it's probably a little bit of both, but... The record is the record is the record at the end of the day. That is what gets you in. So run differential is an interesting side piece to look at. But yeah, at the end of the day, the Rockies are getting the job done the best right now in the American League, National League West, I should say, although much could still change. But again, the National League playoff race is sure to offer a lot of excitement. We'll be following it as it continues on through September. For something great about Major League Baseball, we want to look at Toronto Blue Jays rookie Rowdy Tellez. Telez in his first four major league games had seven extra base hits. That's seven extra base hits in his first four games. Nobody has done that since 1913. He's had so many records these first few games, but it's all encompassed by that fact that it's been over 100 years since someone's had a four-game stretch like this to start their major league career. So that is an incredible story right here, but there's a very bittersweet aspect to this. Uh, Telez, his mother passed away just a few weeks before his major league debut of brain cancer. And uh, Telez has I've been uh, certainly dealing with all of, all of that, and his father has been with him in these early games. His father missed his first game with transportation issues, but has been there uh, afterwards. And Telez said uh, it was pretty bittersweet, to be honest. I'd say most guys get their first career hits with their whole families, both their parents in the stands. I was fortunate enough to have one in the stadium with me. My mom was there. She was watching over me. My dad was on his way, so it was pretty bittersweet. I always thought I'd do it in front of both of my parents, but everything happens for a reason. Toronto Blue Jays manager John Gibbons said, I know his mom's situation is wearing on him the past couple of years, naturally. Uh, Gibbons went on to say, that can't be easy to deal with. You know, I mean, gosh, he's a youngster too, and that's family. I'm proud of him. I expect him to do really well while he's here. So Telez has shown incredible character and incredible resolve these past few weeks. And, you know, in, in moments like this, in a lot of ways, baseball is meaningless. It's family and health. That's, that's truly what matters. In a lot of ways, baseball 
mm. means so much in moments like this too, mm. for the memories it creates and the lives it can help in whatever way it does help. Just the fact that it's there can be can be uh, so helpful as well. So baseball doing its part in a situation that's certainly much, much bigger than the game. We want to wrap up this week's episode with our trivia answer uh, from our trivia question of the week. Again, the question was, J.D. Martinez has a legitimate chance to win the Major League Triple Crown. Only five players in baseball history have ever done this. The five players to have done it are in chronological order. Ty Cobb in 1909, Rogers Hornsby in 1925, Lou Gehrig in 1934, Ted Williams in 1942, and Mickey Mantle in 1956. So if you got Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, and Mickey Mantle, pat yourself on the back. If you got a couple of those guys, that's quite impressive too. Those are the only five guys to ever do it. J.D. Martinez trying to join quite talented, quite legendary company. If he can pull it out this year, and he's right now first in RBI, second in home runs and batting average, and well, he's got a chance, and that's all I can ask for at this time of year. So again, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Hope everybody has a wonderful week, and remember, you can contact us at thebaseballweek at gmail.com. That's thebaseballweek at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week. Take care.